0: Welcome to Design Your Life in Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, Fitz, what's going on? How are you?
1: Hi, I'm spectacular, Javon. Thank you so much for having me on your show
0: are dealing with someone who is high energy, knows all about overcoming adversity and just leveling up the business. So you can introduce yourself better than I can, Fitz. So who is Fitz?
1: Who am I? So I am bossy, I am noisy, and I help people live better and longer by making fitness understandable, attainable, and fun. So I do that exclusively via mass media and live audience presentations. So I do a ton of corporate keynote speaking, television, radio. I write books. I've got the new Cancer Comeback series out. I'm a professional race announcer and I own a large school running program. So yeah, I love life and I love helping people live a quality life.
0: Hey, that sounds like my type of life right there. A life you don't need a vacation from. Now you mentioned something in that intro. You mentioned cancer. So can you tell us a little bit about your bout with cancer and how you
1: overcame that to become who you are today? Yeah, yeah. So February of 2019, I was living my best life. My career was booming. I mean, I was walking the walk as a fitness expert and athlete, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, seven weeks after a crystal clear mammogram, I got out of a shower at a race weekend where I was running a race, got out of a shower, and I just rubbed my underboob well, naked And I found a lump. And again, seven weeks after a clean mammogram. So I instantly picked up the phone. And this is something I want everyone to know is if you find something weird, you got to get on it right away. Don't Google it. Don't call your mom and cry. Take action immediately. So I did. And within a week or so, I had had the appointments and then the mammogram and then the ultrasound and then the punch biopsies. And then I had a, a surgeon call and say, hey, Fitz, bad news. You have breast cancer and it's running through you like wildfire. It's already spread to multiple lymph nodes and we need to treat you quickly and aggressively.
0: Wow. So did you immediately have to
1: get like chemo and everything like that? Yeah. So I think I started chemo about 12 days after I found the lump. It was pretty quick. Yeah. They did treat me aggressively. So I had 15 months of chemo, which is a very long time to have chemo, I assure you. So this big block of chemo, and within it I had 33 rounds of radiation about halfway through, and I also had some surgeries. So I I call it the treatment triathlon. I got to do one of each thing, and it was pretty awful. But I made some great decisions and kept my business going, and I benefited, I made great decisions that helped my health and allowed me to rebound more quickly than I would without those decisions.
0: Absolutely. So how did you keep the business going through all of that? I'm sure it was like ravaging your body, your mind and energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was so sick And Matt. Think about the worst stomach bug you've ever had. Like the one that leaves you sleeping on the bathroom floor, slung over the toilet. That was my life for five solid months. So I know most people would have thought, well, Fitz, take a break, especially with my career, where I get on a plane most weekends out of the year to fly and announce these massive running events or do speaking live, but that was never an option for me. I just thought, no way am I letting cancer steal two things time with my kids or my career. I had worked so hard and I earned my rightful spot on those incredible stages. And I just thought, I'm not letting cancer have it. It could take my hair, it's gonna take my good feelings, it's gonna take lots of my energy, but I'm gonna figure this out and I'm gonna keep moving forward. And so I just was determined. And we had to be creative because I was very sick. I was very dehydrated and there's all sorts of negative side effects that come along with that dehydration and headaches and lack of balance and so forth. So I had IV fluids almost every day of the week. Even if I flew to Buffalo or I flew to California, I would figure out how to get IV fluids when I was out of town. So we were creative, but beauty, this is a thing. And two things, I hope people are doing work that they love so much that they would do even facing a potentially lethal disease, right? So do you love what you do so much that you wouldn't let anything stand in the way, not even cancer or MS or whatever it is, right? So that was number one. I had this passion and I was driven. And then number two, the gift of having the passion is no matter how sick I was, and it wasn't just sickness, it was my fingernails were ripping off. I had rashes everywhere. It was every part of me. Yeah, everything was ravaged. But when I stepped on those stages, surrounded by those thousands of wonderful people and those incredible events, every single thing that was wrong with me disappeared. So it was just miraculous. Once I was turning my attention off of myself, onto them, onto the task at hand, I had some adrenaline on my side. I got to be full force Fitz Kohler again, whether it was for a four hour event or a 10 hour event. It just, if I had not chosen to continue on working, All I would have been was sick. If I would have done what most people do now, especially post COVID, where they say, hide out, isolate, don't risk getting sick. You know, I was out there hugging thousands of sweaty germy strangers every weekend, and my life was only enhanced by it. So, you know, everyone makes decisions for themselves. But what I can tell you is if you have a passion, whether it's sports or music or art or animals, you have to pursue it because, you know, cancer is real freaking hard, it's a nightmare. And so, These thoughtful decisions for your health and these thoughtful decisions for your mind—they're half the medicine, right? So I did rely on Western medicine, the chemo, radiation, surgeries, but it was—it was my people and the work and those things kept me going.
0: Absolutely, and that's such a powerful story, Fitz. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, in the midst of you doing, no, cancer just hits you. You're a fitness personality, so it's like. How do you continue to maintain that proper mindset to say, you know what, this is my passion,
1: this is my purpose, I'm going to keep going no matter what? Two things. Number one, I never had a why me moment because there's babies with cancer, you know, and I probably have done more things to earn cancer than those babies, right? So if a baby has cancer, I'm never going to second guess why I have it. I just took it and decided, okay, it's my choice, how I respond to this. No worries. I
0: was just saying, like with everything that's that going on, you did what you could to take care of yourself. How did you maintain that passion, that purpose, that fire when it was like it just hits you out of nowhere?
1: Yeah, so it helps because I believed in fitness, right? Um I get it. I believe in it full force. I know how it can change your life. So I was committed to trying to preserve my muscle mass, trying to maintain my stamina. Even when things were really hard, I just, I didn't want to lose my muscles. I didn't want to be a skeleton. Eventually I became that girl. I lost a ton of weight, but I knew how valuable it was to keep going. Now with there's a million studies out there that tell you that exercise and quality and nutrition will increase your chances of remission. That's their version. That's the word for cure and then prevent recurrence. So I knew how powerful fitness would be to my future When I was halfway through my treatment, so it's interesting, I had this really powerful moment where the first five months of my chemo really nasty. So I went from this five-month regimen, which was the worst, and then I had 10 months of something else. It was another chemo, less nasty, still nasty, but not as bad. So when I hit that final round of the real mean chemo, I went into my oncologist's office for the sixth round. And I mean, I was pretty shaky. I was very bald and gray. And like, you make bald look healthy and hot. I made bald <laughs> 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 Thank Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in there. And you can imagine round number one of chemo is really nerve wracking because you don't know what's gonna happen, right? Well, for me, round six, way more nerve wracking because I knew what was going to happen. You know, each round was progressively worse and worse. So I go in really nervous and kind of weepy. And my doctor says, Fitz, I'm so proud of you. You have done so well. And I said, what? I have not done so well. I'm a mess he said no Fitz, you've done so great i'm so proud of you and i said i don't know why you're saying this i'm a catastrophe every morsel of my body has been obliterated he said "Fitz, it's not that you haven't suffered you definitely have suffered and i i agree with that he said however if you were not so committed to health and fitness coming into this cancer experience you would not have been able to travel around the country hosting hours of road races and speaking and doing all these things you do. He said, if you were not so healthy coming in, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Not only would you have not been able to keep up with your travels and work, he said, you likely would have been hospitalized for a month. You likely would have had a feeding tube. And so I'm not saying you haven't suffered. You have suffered. However, your commitment to exercise and nutrition has staved off all sorts of problems that you Likely would have experienced had you not had that commitment. And then I thought, I get it. I even I doubled down on my belief and exercise and nutrition because it was working for me. I didn't think it was working for me, but he said, "Yeah, it w- this would have been worse." So that's how I kept going, and I was eager to get back to full speed as quickly as possible. So you know, once I hit rock bottom, I was very enthusiastic to do the work to get me back to normal.
0: And that's a great point that you know. Oftentimes, I know your fit ties into your work, but oftentimes for us entrepreneurs, especially living sedentary lifestyles, you know, sitting at a computer, always bent over looking at your phone, right? You forget that you also have to take care of the individual that you are, right? Because you're so focused on taking care of the business, being able to provide for your family, the lifestyle you want to live. So I think this is a great reminder that those things really go hand in hand, right? No matter if you're a fitness professional or IT consultant, right? It goes hand in that you have to take care of yourself to really perform at optimal levels and to fight that adversity that can come at a moment's notice, right? Or without notice, even better.
1: Yeah, you are so right. I mean, it's interesting. We can all think about a day where we show up to work tired. We just show up to our computer tired. We're just not putting in the same effort and care. Now, what if kind of a sickly vibe is your health status what if every day you've got some level of back pain or stiffness and you're just not energetic you know definitely your health correlates to your success and then the reality is is we never know when illness or injury is going to strike i had no idea my life was going to go into spin cycle in you know early march of 2019 and so you know, the healthier you are going into any sort of crisis, the more quickly you will recover and rebound. So yeah, health matters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know this firsthand. This is like, you know, my story, I'm dealing with thousands of pains and aches and and all the time. And it's like, if I didn't take care of myself, I can't even imagine where I would be. I probably wouldn't be sitting here running this podcast right now. Um, if I didn't continue to strive for at least some level of fitness and some level of care, eating right, properly, and everything else. So kudos to you all who are in the fitness industry, helping, making sure people like me stay on that track.
1: Well, thank you. And I hope everybody knows that it's attainable for them. And Javon and I aren't talking about looking hot in a thong. And if that's your agenda, fine, but it's about your body feeling good and performing well and having the energy and stamina and you know the mental capacity to do the things we want to do so yeah fitness is for everybody and you don't have to go run a marathon you could simply be active absolutely what do you recommend
0: when it comes to being active is there a certain like amount of minutes you should be doing or certain types of exercise you would recommend
1: yeah and you know it's so funny i said be active really active is things like gardening and housework right that's active that's mobility that's not being on the couch really what we want people to do is deliberate exercise and again that doesn't have to be terrifying but the gold standard would be 30 minutes two hours per day and some people say oh two hours how could a human do that well there's olympians doing eight hours of exercise a day so our bodies can handle it but you get to choose so 30 minutes of exercise that makes you better. And when I say better, it's just pushing the envelope a little bit, pushing your body to do whatever you couldn't do yesterday. And that should come within strength, cardiovascular capacity, flexibility, and balance. And so strength, the gauge there to know if you're working hard enough to make yourself better, it's when you grunt, right? If you do an exercise that makes you go, then you know you've pushed it to the point where you're likely gonna be better. When you're doing cardio exercise, it should make you huff and puff. If you're breathing heavy, that's good for your heart and lungs and your endurance. If you go to stretch and you get to the point where it makes you wince, that's a gain in flexibility. And then when you do balance training exercises, and most people ignore this, cause they're like, that's not gonna make me hotter. No, balance training will help make sure you don't fall down. You know, balance training, stand on one foot. And if that's easy for you, stand on one foot and wave your arms or stand on one foot and you close your eyes. When you start wobbling, that means you're working on balance. So it's huff. It's grunt, huff, puff, wince and wobble. Those are the gauges for fitness. And 30 minutes and beyond is a really good goal daily, if possible. I know there's a lot of
0: leaders listening right now, like, you know what? 30 minutes is a lot. Like, what can they do? Is there something like that they can incorporate just as they build up their habit of 30 minutes?
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to know that you can accomplish a lot one minute at a time. And so some people are like, well, one minute, it's stupid. Okay, well, give me one minute of burpees, one minute of straight burpees and tell me that's not effective. That is something that will work your muscles, most of them in your body and your heart and lungs. So if you do one minute of push-ups and one minute stretching and one minute of balance training and one minute of lunges, that all accumulates. I like walk and talk meetings. So if I know I'm gonna get on the phone with somebody, I put in my earbuds, and then I'll go walk around the block. You can walk around your office. You can just be in motion. You can standing and swaying side to side is more effective than sitting your butt down and talking. I actually, you know, most everybody I work with is out of state, out of country. So that's how my business goes and that's great for phone conversations. But I had the opportunity to meet with a colleague who just came to town. And instead of planning lunch, I said, hey, do you wanna to get together and go for a walk? We live near the University of Florida. And she said, yeah. So we went and we had this amazing one hour walk around campus, it was a walk and talk meeting. So build some of those things into your strategy for work. You don't have to sit down to have a conversation.
0: Absolutely. Steve Jobs, used to would to a meeting, he would always walk Apple and everything, just said it got his blood flowing, got him more ideas instead of sitting there sedentary. That's a great little note that you know we can shift the norm, so to speak, right? You see, now there was a time when people loved the little walking treadmills and sitting on the bouncing ball, the medicine ball, and all that other stuff. So maybe we can bring some of that stuff back into the fold. You know, work on analyzing our business and how we take care of ourselves.
1: Well, you know what, Javon, I'm so happy this is a priority for you because. And it's not just about how you feel it's about how people perceive you right so entrepreneurs we don't need anything working against us we already have to work hard enough and the reality is the first impressions are formed within less than seven seconds so within seven seconds you get to tell people what your qualifications are what your experience is how much you care you don't they're looking at you and they're making this snap judgment is it fair? Maybe not, but it's it's apparently what people do. So, do people look at you and think, "Hot damn, I want to work with that guy." You know, he stands up straight. He looks strong. He looks confident. And he's got the endurance and the stamina to get my business booming, or to get my house built, or whatever it is. And so, you know, when you take care of yourself, when you when you have, when you work your back and you have great posture, people think more highly of you. So, it really is a necessity to a successful enterprise. That's a great
0: point. You know, you think about communication, most of it is nonverbal, right? And one of the first signals is your physical appearance. So if someone never says a word to you, they look at you, and if you look like you're well put together, you're going to say, okay, that person pays attention to detail, they're real regimented, they're disciplined, all these things that people get just from looking in, in these social cues, right? So. It's really hard to change that if you don't get a chance to make that impression using words or different expressions. So, that's a great point that many of us don't really think about. You know, poise and posture really signifies confidence, signifies, you know, the attentiveness, signifies you know some things. So, great point, Fitz. So, what are some of your daily habits and routines? Like, how do you stay, you know, this top of the game with your fitness and just your business?
1: Well, I, you know, I can talk about my fitness is very simple is I'm outside in the morning with those dogs, you know, even though I'm walking the dogs kind of slowly, we do over a mile together sometime in the afternoon. And it's fairly flexible because I work by appointment, like many of us. So I hit the gym and it's strength training. And every other day is usually cardio, unless I'm tired or busy, then I might skip that I stretch. All throughout the day, and especially when I let my dogs out, that's when I drop on the floor and I do all sorts of incredible stretches. Even if it's three a.m. and I have an old dog who's got to pee in the middle of the night, so she does that. I'm on the ground in my bathrobe doing stretches. So, you know, fitness is a high priority for me. If I'm traveling, I get it done. If I'm in Atlanta airport, I skip the plane/train and I I walk up and down the terminals instead of riding. So it's always there and it's always a priority. And then. I think outside helps me keep my head on straight. I bring my laptop into my backyard if I'm at home or, you know, just outside on the balcony if I'm at a hotel, but you know, fresh air means a lot to me and I'm always pushing the needle forward whether it's my personally or my business. Sometimes it's just that one email makes all the difference in the world, right? Marketing and hitting different angles, but I'm never satisfied. I'm happy. I'm always very happy and content, almost always, but I'm never satisfied. And I think that's really been one of the key factors in my business continuing to grow. Absolutely. No, I
0: love that. I think that's just the high achiever's mentality. You got to kind of have that as an entrepreneur or leader, right? So when, like you mentioned travel, and this is one of the hardest places or circumstances to stay fit or stay on track with what you're eating and all that stuff because you see all these fast food places in the airport and all that stuff so how do you stay on task when you travel you got those long flights you know you're
1: not home you know how do you stay on task so um it comes to first of all it's a priority for me i mean there's certain things i just simply wouldn't put in my body no matter where i am so i have really high standards but i'm gonna hit people with pragmatic information, because that's where I come from, is there are free sidewalks and free parks in every city, in every state, country in the world. There's a free place to walk or exercise outdoors. You can always do push-ups and crunches and jumping jacks in your hotel room. Even if it's a crappy gym, almost every gym in the world now has a fitness center of some sort. So Not exercising is really not an option unless I'm totally wasted from travel, et cetera. And then as far as food goes, well, once again, there are fruits and vegetables in every town in America and throughout the world. And airports especially are catering towards the fit market. I go in and there's always, you know, to-go salads, there's grilled chicken, there's hard boiled egg, there's fruit that's easy to grab. So You really just have to make the choice. Is there always gonna be a basket of fried pickles and french fries around and a whole bunch of beer? Sure, you just have to have high standards for yourself and know that I don't believe in perfection. Perfect's boring. I also think diets are super dumb, diets of every sort. I'm talking about keto. I'm talking about intermittent fasting. I think it's all garbage. What you need to do is learn how to put the right amount of the right food, real food in your body and move your body. And so there's a thing called the exact formula for weight loss. It's so mind-numbingly simple and especially men go, oh, it's that simple, I'll do that. So it's on the cover of fitsness.com. It's a free article with all the frequently asked questions. But but yeah, once you know how much your body requires, and if about 85 to 90% of the things you put in your body are nutritious, the 10 to 15% of silly stuff, whether it's beer or Cheetos or wine, whatever, they won't hurt you so bad as long as you stick within your caloric budget.
0: That's like my type of lifestyle right there. Nah, I'm a big believer in that myself. <laughs> I need to have my sweets and stuff, right? So fitness is actually a global brand. So I'm assuming that means you have a relatively expensive team to help you do this you know, on the back end, right? Is, is that a fair assumption?
1: That is not a fair assumption. I am a one woman machine, but I do have multiple interns every semester. So each semester I have University of Florida seniors come work for me and with me, and they help me pump out a lot of content. They help do a lot of the work that I need done. But so far I don't have a big staff. I do hire contractors though. So for my books, for example, I hired the editor and the proofreader and the graphic designer and so forth. So, but I am a one woman show sometimes.
0: Absolutely. So you believe in that delegation. So when it comes to you know hiring the interns or bringing on the contractors, now what's your leadership style?
1: I'm not hands off, but I meet with my interns once a week in person usually or over Zoom. We talk about our projects. I make sure everybody knows how things need to be done. And then I give them assignments and deadlines and we interact throughout there. If they turn in poor work, I'm happy to have a conversation about pursuing excellence and not being satisfied with mediocre grainy video footage is something we would ever publish. And but I'm supportive and encouraging, you know, I know I'm dealing with college students. So I have fair expectations and I'm very clear if you tell me your grandfather died again, because I've had so many grandfathers die from my college students and I'm pretty sure those granddads don't die. I'm like, just tell me the truth. You be honest with me and I'll be honest with you back. So I think I'm fair and I hold the expectations high. And then I love them all the way. I try to be as enthusiastic as possible. And you know that feedback, that boy really goes a long way. It does for me. Absolutely. I mean, people like feedback, whether they say they don't or not, you know,
0: let people know if they're doing a good job, let them feel like they're doing meaningful work. And I love that you get a big reason why you're so successful. Even if you're a one woman show, most of the time is, you know, your leadership style, you treat people like people. Um, I think that's, great for the leaders to be reminded of sometimes.
1: You know, it's funny with my career, I will show up and most of the time, whether it's my race director or the people who hire me to speak, will say, I was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And it just means so much to me. And then I have a race director. She barely says hello. She almost never says goodbye. And she just sends a check. And it's hard not to be hurt thinking, gosh, I worked my tail off for you. Everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. Why would you not say good job? But then she says a message and says, okay, please put us in your calendar for next year. So and it also is like, why not just say that? Why not share the girl? right? So I don't know. It's important to me. So I can it. With yeah. You got
0: to know your audience when you're a leader, for sure. That's very important. So when you're doing a lot of stuff in your business, right? And then you're taking care of yourself. though, are there any books or resources, podcasts, you recommend that the audience checks out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my brand new book series, I'm really excited about it. It's the Cancer Comeback Series. And you know, Javon, I hope absolutely none of your listeners and viewers have cancer. I hope all of them are cancer-free right now. But the reality is every person on earth knows and loves someone with cancer. And so these books would make great gifts. The Cancer Comeback Series came as a result of my cancer nightmare combined with my fitness expertise and. know when all was said and done i had learned some really powerful lessons that i decided i'd be derelict if i did not pass along so the one i think every cancer patient and survivor needs in their hand is your healthy cancer comeback sick to strong this one is a guidebook a blueprint for anyone diagnosed with any sort of cancer if they get this book in their hand they're going to be able to navigate their treatment while maintaining as much muscle mass as possible, as much stamina, flexibility, balance. And then this will also guide them out of that cancer pit all the way back to vibrancy and health. So your Healthy Cancer Comeback, there's a companion journal, which is a place to dump all your details. And it's a cathartic place to list, you know, information about your friends and your family and all the funny stuff because there's a lot of funny stuff with cancer. And then at the end, there's a hundred plus pages to log your fitness Journey from sick to strong. And then my memoir. It's my noisy cancer comeback. This one's my wild and crazy stick tale of traveling the country bald and gray and sick and having extraordinary adventures nonetheless.
0: Wow. Where can they find those fits?
1: Yeah, wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, my noisy cancer comeback has an audiobook. And then if people want signed copies, with a special gift, if they come, buy them at Fitzness.com, my website, that's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S.com. I autograph every book that leaves my office and I put a little gift in there. So we got lots of choices.
0: Yeah, go grab those, everyone. Hopefully you all never have to deal with that. But as a commemoration to you, I will just, I'm just going to grab a copy anyway. I think what you're doing is amazing, fits. And with all that you've accomplished, what are you most proud of within your career so far?
1: That's very easy. I mean, I have a great big career full of wonderful things, but I own a large school running program called the Morning Mile, and it's installed in over 400 schools around the world. And I've helped maybe a million kids at least get fit before school and their families and the faculty and uh, the opportunity to reach kids, ingrain the habit of starting every day in an active way, hopefully avoiding the pitfalls of weight gain and loss of health that many adults do now, that Morning Mile program is my baby. That's the thing I want on my tombstone one day. Absolutely. That's super important to
0: catch them early. So I love that Morning Mile. We need to spread that throughout the nation. So how do we get that happen?
1: Whoever's listening that can get that, take care of, reach out to Fizz. Absolutely. That's morningmile.com. And reach out to me if you have your favorite school or your favorite kids you'd like to get started with the program. Or if you own a business or you're a generous individual who wants to sponsor programs, because we put a sponsor with a school and we get all those kids running. And it's a program that runs every single day of the school year. And absolutely every child's invited and their family and the faculty. So mass impact.
0: Awesome. So we're going to shift to our by design segment where I ask every guest the same three questions. Are you ready to roll? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Perfect. First question. What has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from?
1: Learning how to make money, how to ask for money and how to accept money without feeling guilty.
0: That is a good one because that can be the hardest part for many of us, right? Number two, what is the best lesson you've learned so far on your entrepreneurial?
1: Not to fear rejection. So I used to be afraid of the word no. I missed out on a lot of opportunities because I was afraid to ask for them. And I used to be a competitive kickboxer, and it basically took a brutal training session. I came out and met a frustration that I was afraid to ask for an opportunity. And then I thought, hey, dummy, you stand in a ring surrounded by thousands of people watching as an opponent wants to knock you clear unconscious, and you're afraid to make a phone call. How much sense does that make? And so my mantra since figuring that out was that if my request would not yield bleeding, bruising, or broken bones, I was going to go for it. And so that really has been one of my greatest hurdles overcome.
0: I love that. The third question, what are three tools or tips that you recommend when scaling a business? Three tools.
1: You know what? I'm going to say for starters, I really like Canva. Canva is the online graphic design program, and I think it's really user-friendly. So if you can't afford a graphic designer, or you would just like to whip up some impressive graphics yourself i think canvas really handy dandy i think toastmasters is a fantastic tool because being an eloquent speaker is mm-hmm. very important to people taking you seriously i hear too many grown ups who use the word like every other word and that's only appropriate if you are on abc's The bachelor. So, if you're going to talk about, I fix cars and like, I have like wrenches and like, I have a a shop, like, nobody's going to hire you. Nobody's going to trust you. So, Toastmasters will help you deliver a compelling message without sounding like a fool. So, it's Canva, Toastmasters. It could be a tip as well. My tip would be to form real relationships. And so, for me, the fact that the people I serve know that I genuinely care about them. When I give them a hard time, when it comes to fitness, I mean, my greatest compliment is thank you for your brutal honesty. And I can deliver a harsh message because everybody knows it's wrapped in love. And even if they think maybe I stepped out of line or they don't like what I did, I think I'm always given or usually given the benefit of the doubt because people know uh, my heart's in the right place. And I genuinely am hoping that they have a positive outcome. So whether you're designing underwear or you're building vehicles, Make sure your customers know that you're actually invested in them. And uh, maybe say that I care about you. I think that goes a long way to building a good working relationship and loyalty.
0: Absolutely. You know, relationships are paramount, especially in service-based businesses, just in, in life in general, right? Not always looking to get something out of that relationship, right? That is when you get the most out of it. Typically, you're just serving. Thank you so much for everything you've given us so far. Fitz, thank you for bringing the energy. How can people connect with you?
1: I am at Fitzness.com. That's my home base for everything. So you can reach out to me. You can read articles. You can buy stuff. Fitzness.com. And then fitness on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. I like connecting. But here's the deal. If you follow, I promise quality content in return. But what I really would rather is for you to use the comment section or the message and say, Hey, I heard you on Javon's podcast and I'd like to say hello because I would much rather have friends than followers and I couldn't be more sincere about that. So say hi.
0: I love that. Well, thank you once again and continue to elevate and ascend and inspire. Appreciate you so much, Fitz, and look forward to speaking with you soon.
1: Thanks, Javon. Bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit BrightMindConsultingGroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening.